Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friends of the Forest. Happy May the 4th. I'm your host, Sarah. And I'm your host, Brad. And on today's episode, we have a super special, like, very happy May the 4th episode for you today because today's episode is all about Young Jedi Adventures. That's it. I, I, I um, pitched that sentence as if I was going to say more and then I didn't have anything more to say. But this episode is all about Young Jedi Adventures. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about our feelings on the show, but um, spoiler alert, we really like the show. Uh, but um, I think even more exciting than hearing us talk about it is we had the opportunity to interview some of the creatives and the cast um, behind Young Jedi Adventures. And I... We'll speak for both of us, Brad, when I say that we are so excited to share these interviews. They were so much fun. And every person that we got to speak to was so delightful. Um, and I think that especially for the actors, you'll fall in love with the actors and be like, wow, they're so fun and immediately want to go turn on the show because they're uh, they 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 capture all the great qualities of their characters. And um, yeah, I had such a fun time talking with everybody. So really really excited to share that with you i've been talking for a long time now talking about brad yeah yeah everything you said <laughs> honestly uh i'm so over the moon with the show and we often talk about how star wars is for kids that's sort of the phrase that's thrown out a lot and it truly does feel like this show is star wars is for kids like at its most it's it's a gateway for children of the youngest ages to get introduced to this universe, but also has a lot to offer for older audiences. And the fact that we were able to watch it and uh, all seven episodes, each episode is broken up into two different tales, two different adventures. And every single one has like some sort of life lesson to teach. And, you know, we've been, we've, we've, we've lived like quite a life so far. We've lived a lot of life. Uh, <laughs> we're practically in the old folks home now at this point. Basically. We've yeah. lived so much life. We have. And still watching these, I walked away from them being like, ah, yes, I, maybe I needed to hear that, you know? <laughs> like, well, that's what I love about these shows. It's like, it's lovely. For, yeah. For this age range, it's all about the lessons that you're learning. And these lessons are ultimately universal. Like, yes, they're, they're simply and clearly told for, you know, kids ages four to eight, give or take a couple years. Uh, but they're also told in a way that's friendly and accessible and that it's easy to throw on uh, and sit there for, you know, 15 minutes and, and be reminded of one of these lessons. And I think that engaging in children's content like that is important because as adults, we all need a little bit of whimsy in our lives. And I also think that we sometimes stray away from um, these ideas and these lessons uh, as we get bogged down in adulthood. Mm -hmm. So like, I think this is a great show for people of all ages because, you know, it's Star Wars and it's fun and it's also thoughtful. Yeah. And I think that that's important. I wish I had this show when I was a kid. Let me say like I, if I were growing up and I'm going to show this show to my niece who uh, just turned three recently and I'm excited to introduce her to star Wars. Nubs will be really the introduction <laughs> to star Wars. And we love nubs uh, nubs for all of you wondering, like is nubs as great as he is being sold to be? And the answer is yes. uh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Yes. hundred mm -hmm. percent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nubs might be the greatest Star Wars character of all time. 
Uh, like, Nubs honestly, Nation. he's so great. <laughs> he's so cute. Um, there are going to be so many like screenshot memes this week once everybody has a chance to go through the episodes. Like, There's going to be so many new reaction images that I'm excited to save to my phone <laughs> and uh, use. I'm just only going to be made of Nub memes, Nubs memes from here on out. He's an icon and a legend, and he's so fluffy and adorable. So how can you say no? You can't. You simply cannot. Yeah, I, I, I just think that this was was great fun. And um, you mentioned bringing Star Wars to the youngest audiences. It's interesting because when I was a bookseller, um, you know, I would every once in a while have a kid who would bring up like the Mandalorian chapter book. I'd be like, oh, the Mandalorian. That's so cool. Uh, you know, do you have a favorite character or what do you like about the Mandalorian? And the kid would probably be around eight, eight or nine. And then the parent would be like, oh, the, you know, the child hasn't watched it yet. I haven't let them watch it yet, but you know, they know Grogu. Uh, and, and so we're going to let them read this book. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. You know, he's super highly marketable Grogu, but, um, you know, some parents are saying, okay, maybe this show is a little bit too old for my kid. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a smart thing to do. Definitely, you know, expose your children to things as they're ready for those sorts of things. Um, but I didn't necessarily realize, oh, maybe Star Wars is slightly more inaccessible for this age range. And then it got me thinking, oh, I have a friend who has been showing her daughters the Star Wars movies over time, but will only show them one at a time. So like maybe maybe this time we'll watch episode four maybe in a year from now we'll watch episode five sort of a thing um, when, you know, when the, the child is ready for that. Uh, so I think that this is such a great entry point because it is specifically geared towards those kids um, and maybe those kids at even younger ages. And it's and it really captures the spirit and the whimsy and the fun of Star Wars in a way that will absolutely age up into other Star Wars content. Um, you know, you'll hear it in our interview a little bit in a moment, but, um, when we got to talk to the actors, I found myself recommending high Republic middle grade books. (laughs) Um, and I was like, wait, the energy of the young Jedi adventures transitions so neatly into like the high Republic middle grade books. Um, and then you're just aging up from there and getting to enjoy more and more. Um, so which I think yeah. largely speaks to the importance of the High Republic. And I think now we're we're really seeing that import, importance in even fuller effect with something like Young Jedi Adventures because it's it's a way for them to step into that universe without maybe even having the ability to like read a full book yet, you know, for like a really young Star Wars fan. And then like you said, the yeah, aging up with the franchise and having this whole whole saga of books that is gonna be waiting for them to devour and like again like i wish i had this stuff when i was a kid like if i had Mm -hmm. the high republic books as a kid growing up or even young jedi adventures i my life would have been changed even more than it is now by star wars and it's just so wonderful to see what the show has done and and like i legitimately feel like it's a really just an awesome great time and the animation too is awesome i think it's animated so well and you and i have talked about what we see as the importance of having different animation styles in Star Wars, because we are so often used to Bad Batch and Clone Wars style of animation and to get things like Young Jedi Adventures and like Visions both on Mm -hmm. today, which are such different styles of animation is lovely. It's a lovely thing and it's healthy for 
animation to to have that variety and uh not only in like the style but in the storytelling and i'm just happy that we have like another entry into that that like animation tapestry that lucasfilm has given us over time and it's lovely it's lovely and i i want to know from you like do you have any favorite episodes that are the ones that you think listeners should be on the lookout for or be like highly anticipating yes but even before you do that i also want to talk about the animation yeah yeah Um, sure because the animation is immediately what caught my eye about this show um i find there's a certain roundness to the characters they're kind of short and um uh round and um they all feel very huggable, <laughs> like, like all the characters, just in how they're designed. And, um, it doesn't feel like too Disney ish with like the Disney princess animation of how that, that round face roundness works. Um, and it doesn't feel too silly. Like it, it, I think it's striking a perfect balance between the, you know, the quote unquote realism of the, the human characters and the way that they're proportioned and the way that they look with, um, a certain level of fun and, and, um, weightlessness and uh i don't know like that that kind of roundness of the animation style but i also like am in love with the color palette of the show it is so bright and vibrant and the world of like tenu specifically which is kind of our home base is so um fresh it it feels like a place you want to go to it feels like a place that feels welcoming and so i really love that too because i think a lot of time in star wars we get environments especially when it comes to the empire or coruscant these sort of things that are very industrial hard edges concrete steel gray 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 and like this is the this is the antithesis to that it's like vibrancy color everywhere um natural a lot of focus on nature and our environment and creatures Mm -hmm. in the show especially so that's that was wonderful to see that focus absolutely and it it feels really nice and refreshing there as well so i really like that especially you know even when we're thinking about the other animated shows that we've gotten and the environments that they've been in yes like castellan is this water planet and we can say that like next to young jedi adventures uh, Resistance is probably the show that's geared for the youngest audience out of the various animated shows, um, next to Jedi Adventures. Mm-hmm. But you know the environment there—they're on the Colossus, which is that industrial sort of feeling, uh, even though they're on Castellan. So there's that like mix of industrialism with the vibrancy because all the characters are pretty colorful. But like this kicks it up a notch. Um, and I really, really, really like it. And it, it just feels like a place I want to visit. And like, as weird as it's going to sound, it's like, it feels like it's a place I want to smell. <laughs> like, it, it, like it you got to get like, like the nice. Tanu scented candle. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the tattoo. It smells like adventure. Um, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I really love that. And now to actually answer your question, which was what are my favorite episodes um, or what episodes should our listeners look out for? Um, I think that the second, okay, so there are seven, like you click on it and watch it episodes, but there are actually like 14 episodes because each episode is broken down into two stories. So I really like the second story of episode one, which is Yoda's mission. Um, I also really like 
Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. Forest Defenders, which is the second episode of second story of episode six. Hmm. Nash's Race Day, which is the first episode or first story of episode two. It's a very good one. And The Lost Jedi Ship, which is the second story of episode two. I like I could keep going, but I should I should stop because yeah. this and the Snowy Mountain Rescue is another good one. <laughs> Yeah, those are all really good ones. I would say for me, I also love Forest Defenders because uh, one, of, one of the guest stars in that episode is, is a fun one, but also it's like the kids take on capitalism uh, in this episode. <laughs> it's the Lorax, but make it Star Wars, and it's great. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Uh, I love that one. Creature Safari is wonderful because mm. it has mm-hmm. some amazing tie-ins yes. to galaxy of creatures you'll want to you want to look out for that one which galaxy of creatures is like another star wars uh kids short series that was on youtube i believe there's a puffer pig episode a gorg episode which we gotta watch Wait, that gorg episode i, I think. haven't seen this we can watch right I after to this watch the gorg episode yeah, yeah there's so many good wow. ones uh i also really love get well nubs um as the title yeah. might suggest nubs is sick and uh, he's having a little sick day. So cute. Uh, but also, I really like the Jedi and the Thief because I think it has a very, mm. very, very like quintessential Star Wars lesson baked into it, it which does. Sarah and I are very fond fans of. And I was actually really surprised to see the show kind of go there, which I mean, it makes sense for the audience that it's geared towards and like trying to teach kids at a young age uh, this certain lesson uh, about, you know, seeing the good in people. Uh, that's kind of all I'll say there, but I think it was a really, really valuable uh, Star Wars episode of Star Wars television, especially in the animated realm. But yeah, those are those are my favorite. Um, do you have a favorite character besides Nubs? Obviously, Nubs like oh my top of the list. He's in like kind of his own S tier. Um, so he's in he's in that. But what about? I really Nubs? like all the characters that we follow. Like they're all really fun to follow. But I think the character that stands out to me. Uh, is Nash, Nash Barango. And uh, she is the like confident kick butt pi- uh, pilot on Tanu, um, who is like the close friend of our trio, uh, Kylis and Nubs. And she is just so cool. She like built her own ship and is a great pilot. And she's really confident about who she is and what her abilities are. And I really admire her. Like, I think she is super cool. I think she's super cool. I was a huge fan of Liss because Liss is, she is very creature focused. That is her specialty. And I love when Star Wars takes creatures and treats them like actual, like living beings Mm -hmm. and examines that. And doesn't just toss them aside sort of recklessly. And from a Jedi's point of view, actually connects with the animal on like a natural level. And like, what does that mean? You know, as a Jedi, like, what can you do? Like the Loth Wolf and Rebels or right. um, other things like the Purgle. And so I, I, that's like some of my favorite Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, I love that Cal Kestis is now doing that a little bit more in Jedi Survivor. Like, oh, is he? Taming, taming animals. Cal- I was about to call him out as yeah. the opposite energy of this. <laughs> Cal has grown. Like, yeah. All all you do is fight some animals and bugs. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's growing there in that department as well. And I'm I was like him. I was really enjoying it the show 
I had a character who was so like fixated on that and um, I thought it was really nice. I just thought it was great. And she's able to teach a lot of lessons to the other characters because of her empathy and uh, and the way that she views the, the galaxy and the good in the galaxy and uh, the sense of understanding that she has of like, hey, maybe scratch beneath the surface and you'll find you'll find something valuable there, you know. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, really enjoyed her. Kai Brightstar, that was also really really awesome uh he kind of has like a little bit of kaz energy uh for our resistance fans <laughs> you know he's kind of uh he grows a lot throughout the series and i, I love that for him um, but it's really funny watching him when he's <laughs> interacting with the animals he's he's kind of like scared at first and again that kaz energy the catastrophe energy uh and then he comes around eventually to like you know kind of understand everything and how the pieces fit together so yeah, he's a great protagonist because uh, like he's always uh, willing to learn from the people mm-hmm. around him. And I really like that. And I think that's, you know, the perfect kind of character that you need in a show like this. And also uh, Jamal Avery Jr. like does a great job of bringing him to life. So um, he's he's pretty dynamic. And I'm, I'm really excited for young kids to see themselves in Kai as well. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Nassim Padrad, who plays Master Zia Zana. She's oh. awesome. Yes, yeah, she's so cool. And she does something that makes me really excited in um, the Lost Jedi ship. And it has to do with libraries. Yeah. No spoiler. No <laughs> spoilers there. But, but I, love I just love, love more Jedi Masters in the High Republic. And I hope yes. we see more of her at some point. I would love more seasons of the show. And I hope Lucasfilm continues to do them. Because again, like kids need this sort of thing. You can show your kid this cartoon when they're not necessarily ready to see Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. It's exactly so, what you do is you show them yeah. Young Jedi Adventures and then you immediately move on to Revenge of the Sith and you say, no. that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to Menace first. <laughs> right. But yes, yes. I also, I also think that like this show just has a great um, cast of one-off characters who like show up in one episode and are the side character for that episode. We meet so many fun uh characters who either are friends or foes to our heroes and um i really like especially some of our friends um i don't want to give too much away but there are some species that we've seen before um some further creatures uh and there are some fun characters that you get to encounter along the way um i really like zephyr um <laughs> and also the droid um that we get to meet in the last Jedi ship. Mm, yeah. There are some really good guest appearances as well. Like there were a couple where I was like, Oh my gosh, they got that person to, to do some voiceover work. That's awesome. So, uh, awesome stay up. till the end of the credits and see who's voicing some of these characters. Cause it'll surprise you, uh, which is fun. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have any more else, anything more else to say, Sarah on young Jedi adventures before we turn it over to our interviews? I would like to say that um, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you have young people to watch this show with. I think the show is worth a watch. And it is the kind of Star Wars where you just, as an adult, turn it on and let yourself enjoy it. And I'm serious. Like, go and do that if you are an adult listening to this, uh, you know, even if you don't have kids in your life to watch us with. It's a lovely show. It's, It's really fun. It's sweet. It's sincere and, um, and it takes place in the High Republic. So you're going to get the High Republic aesthetic that you know with the Jedi, which is 
cool. Um, and you're going to get some fun action along the way. Like it's, it's a great time. It's a great time. And I really genuinely recommend it. And I look forward to revisiting these episodes, which is something I know I'm going to do because they're fun and easy to watch. Um, I don't have any little ones to show this in my life too, but you know, I'll recommend it to those who do (laughs) too as well. I'll keep you updated on my niece's reactions to nubs. I would love to know. Yeah. I'm very excited. I hope she, hope she sparks an interest in Star Wars, uh, with this. So very exciting. I retweet everything you said. I couldn't recommend the show enough. And I think it's just one of those ones that you can turn on and have fun with. And at the end of the day, like, uh, Star Wars is for kids to bring it back to the first point I made. And I think watching a show like this is very grounding in some ways to just remind you that this is kind of what it's all about is just this sort of storytelling and uh talking with some of the voice actors as well and seeing their excitement about star wars at such a young age uh it's very very grounding uh and i think we can all learn a lot from just having some fun (laughs) with star wars you know rather than arguing towards each other um just taking a step back and remembering why we fell in love with the franchise as kids and channeling some of that energy and positivity into like how you interact within your fandom today so Right. And yeah, we're, 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 we're a podcaster, so we're so often in the weeds and it's nice to be able to take a, take a step back from that as well. Yeah, so if absolutely. this is you do it as well. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> it's a sincere recommendation anyway. Anyway. Okay. So this brings us to our interviews and we are going to be sharing three separate interviews with you here. Our first interview is going to be the getting into the weeds part of it. Now that I mentioned, you know, not getting into the weeds, we're going to be talking with the executives, the people behind the show. Uh, and they have a lot of great insight into, um, why they made the show the way they did, what excites them about bringing a show to this audience. Um, and I really enjoyed chatting with them. Uh, the folks in this interview are executive producer, James Waugh, executive producer and showrunner, Michael Olson and consulting producer Lamont McGee. They're all great and have really great insights on the show. And then from there, we are going to bring you uh, an interview with Kai Brightstar himself, Jamal Avery Jr. and Tabor Trey Murphy. Uh, And we haven't mentioned Tabor yet, but he's kind of our antagonist to our heroes. And both Trey and Jamal were super fun and had great energy. um, And we loved getting to talk with them. And then right after that, you will have an interview with the lovely Juliet Dunnanfield and Emma Berman, who play Liss and Nash, respectively. And they brought such a fun energy to uh, our conversation as well. And I really just loved getting to talk to every single one of these people very sincerely. Um, They were all so kind. And uh, you can tell they all have a lot of passion about making the show. So I really, really hope you enjoy these interviews. Yes, absolutely. Uh, They're a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's turn it over to our interview with James Waugh, Michael Olson, and Lamont McGee. Well done, Kai. Well done. Yeah. Thanks, Master Yoda. You were right. I just needed to trust myself. Mm. Trust yourself. Trust the Force. Then you can do great things. That is the way of the Jedi. I just first of all want to congratulate you guys on um, the completion of the season and the release of the show. Uh, it is such a delight. Uh, how does it feel to just know that it's ready to go out in the world for the people to enjoy? Terrifying. 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's no, I, we're all excited. Uh, it's a lot of work went into it, and a lot of love, a lot of hours, and just a lot of joy. All the collaboration is just, you know, animation does not happen overnight, and all the the, the processes and the people that put this all together just to see it like just seeing the first episodes it's like this is amazing like it just i don't know it, it's uplifting it, it just i i just cannot wait for may the fourth so everyone else can see it like i'm super proud of this show and i'm just happy to be a part of it in some small way definitely not a small way for sure <laughs> Uh, for for me, I mean, man, I, we've been working on this show for a very long time. And in fact, the time span of me working on this show, I've had two of my three kids. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind couple of years. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's surreal. It's, it's so fun to see these characters that I, you know, created in the middle of the pandemic on my daughter's bedroom floor because we didn't have an office. Um, you know, and seeing them now kind of out in the world. Um, so it's, it's such a thrill and, uh, you know, the, the shorts have come out and I'm excited for those, but we have some really fun and wild adventures. I don't think people quite know what they're in store for with this show. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think people are, are going to be really delighted. I think, uh, viewers of all ages are going to find something to enjoy. And, uh, pardon me, Lamont, you said, Oh, I'm terrified. But the thing is, Nubs has already got a fan base, you know? Yeah, the it's people, true. The people are ready for this show, truly. <laughs> they, they, are, they are marching for Nubs right now. <laughs> Nubs, Nubs is an icon. They're in, the, they're in the streets for Nubs. Yeah, Nubs Nation is is thriving right now. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it hasn't even, it's amazing that it, it hasn't even really come out. It's just the shorts. Like when you actually yeah. get a chance to see, cause you guys have seen the episode. So you've seen yeah. more of nubs, but just the trailer, it, like it's all, all praise to uh, Michael Olson for the nubs of it all. Cause <laughs> well, the, the entire team for sure. Yes. Thank you. But it came out of your <laughs> head. We just helped refine nubs. So, <laughs> I'm giving you your credit. Just take it. Take the bow. <laughs> All right. Fair uh, enough. But yeah, it's it's crazy. Like it's amazing that people responded so well. One thing that's great about Young Jedi Adventures is is it has an appeal to older audiences. I think, especially for Sarah and I watching it. But um, we've always said like Star Wars is for kids, and I think this is one of the um, uh, one of like the first shows that's really geared towards the youngest of audiences that we've seen before, which is like really great. Um, meanwhile, like the High Republic has become this incredibly successful initiative for readers of all ages. So thinking about that and the creation of the show, like what brought you all to work within that era of the High Republic? And also, why is it important that Star Wars continues to create new gateways like this type of show for new fans to enter the Star Wars galaxy? Um, from the Lucas, from the Lucasfilm side, we, the High Republic's been something that's been, um, a very sort of near and dear and special initiative for us. I, I think we, we all really believe there's so much more of the galaxy to mine and explore and so much history, um, to flesh out and give great storytellers the ability to come in and touch the galaxy and um, define different parts of it. I'm a big believer that there's 
Star Wars is the beauty of Star Wars is you can tell so many different genre stories within Star Wars. It's so scalable and there really can be a Star Wars for anyone. And I think that was the guiding value when we first started imagining the High Republic and started having our initial story breaks or our initial discussions with Kathy. Um, and so, you know, the this was a big leap for us. I, we weren't going to do, we just weren't going to do a younger animated show unless it was great. And we weren't going to wade into it unless we felt that it could hold, kind of be of similar pedigree as, you know, the great sort of animated work that we've done um, at Lucasfilm for so long now. Um, but once we started exploring the idea, um, we knew that whatever we did, the higher public was the right space for something of this demo. We, you know, yes, the novels at times can go into darker places, but the core kind of vision of the era is it is this, this ideal time for the Jedi. It is the time for the Jedi or the guardians of peace and justice in the, in the galaxy and can be something to aspire to. And they're not fraught with the, the conflicts of, um, you know, the later Republic era. Um, and so it felt like the right place, the, uh, to, you know, there's, there's new cultures connecting as hyperspace lanes are connected and, and, and pioneered. Um, and so we, we kind of went into it thinking this is the, the era we want to go in. Um, but, and I'll answer the second part and, and hand it to, then I'll swing back and hand it off to the, these guys. But, you know, I am a dad and the second, you know, my son was born, I think I was trying to find a way to start getting into Star Wars. It's like, you know, I, this meant so much to me as a child. It was my mythology growing up. Um, it taught me about, you know, so much, um, you know, and so the little golden books were a lifeline for mm -hmm. years, you know, that's really what, what started. And I always wanted to, I wished there was a, there was more direct content that I could have shared with my son. And I, this wasn't uncommon I, anywhere I'd go, uh, and engage with Star Wars fans, uh, you'd hear a very similar thing because Star Wars now scales across so many different generations. There's a lot of parents that uh, want to share this thing they love, and so that gave us the that gave us the sort of license to explore this. And I and I think to answer your question, I think it's really important to bring in new voices to allow kids to really enjoy that cross-platform and, and, and toy component of Star Wars as well, because that is still such a fundamental part of it and have storytelling for a younger audience. And that can then, once grounded in those, those elements, those known Star Wars elements and those known Star Wars themes and values, there's a bunch of other content you can go off as you age into other spaces. Um, but like I said earlier, to do this right, it had to be of a pedigree. And, and usually the best storytelling for kids, no matter the demo, is something that, you know, as a parent, you can watch and go, oh, this is, this is, this is saying something. This means something. Um, so when we started having conversations, we had to find the right creative partners um, because you don't get good content. You don't get good pedigree content. You don't get good storytelling uh, unless you find someone that has the vision and the heart and soul that looking for but also care 
and craftsmanship for the world building. Um, you know, it's a special thing to, it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot at stake when you develop a Star Wars show. I mean, so much, just so many people. And so we were very fortunate to meet with Michael and, and, and Michael had a very unique take and a unique perspective on all of this. And then of course, bring in Lamont to help us develop it further. So I don't know, Michael, you want to, want to talk more about the higher Republic? Yeah. But I mean, just to, in summary, we, we, we wanted the higher Republic to be explored in this era. Um, and we had specific ideas, but it, it it's always the voice, the, the, you know, the talent that comes in to help to really solidify the, the, the voice and the vision. Yeah, I think, you know, for the High Republic of it all, I think James touched on it. It, it was it's a time of exploration, a time of optimism. And it just and the Jedi are revered. They're at their height. And I, it just felt like the perfect time in the timeline to place a show that's really showing these Jedi as heroes, that kids at home can aspire to be like these these people. And so it just it felt perfect. And then to know that there's that it's it's well developed, but there's plenty of open spaces for us to play and and these kids to exist and have their own adventures. Uh, it was just it was it was a, a dream come true for for someone like me. Um, and then why is it important to create it like a new gateway for new audiences, especially this younger audience? Like James, uh, you know, my when when my daughter was around five uh it was i felt like all right i can't wait any longer i've got to show her star wars you know i I, she had a room full of star wars plushies and you know had grown up with star wars onesies and everything um and so we i sat down with her and and showed her the movies and uh she loved them which is great and i think she she was enthusiastic because i was enthusiastic but i had to pause it every 15 seconds to explain what was happening. And so it just, it was then that it sort of dawned on me that it, I felt like there needed to be a star Wars show or a movie that was sort of geared for her. That was still very much star Wars. It still felt like it had the themes and the action and adventure, but really tailored to, to kids her age. And so getting to work on this show has been just a, a, a gift to be able to share that with her and uh, my two boys now. So. Uh, and for me, yeah. like the show is kids get to see themselves. Mm. Like these kids are going through, obviously not with lightsabers, but they're going through mm. what these kids are going through. They're learning these lessons and it's infinitely scalable. Like, mm. so we have Luke and Leia, they'll have Liz, Nubs, and Kai. Like, and it's, 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 the entry points matter because the Star Wars legacy and the lore of Star Wars is all built around characters and heart and their journey together. So these kids learn that it's it's okay to you know make mistakes. It's okay. It's like the lessons learned are scalable. So their the entry point matters because when they're young they see the Jedi, they identify with the Jedi and they, they follow the journey, but they like, we get to teach and they get to have fun. They get to go on adventures. Like we, we did when we were kids, when we would imagine all the things in the backyard with our friends and riding around town on our bikes and stuff, these kids get to see it and experience it. And I'm actually jealous of these kids. <laughs> Cause, Cause we never had that. We've not this particular type of show. 
Yeah, you hear right. so many stories of people cause or um pretending to be Luke Skywalker or Leia in the backyard. Now they can pretend to be nubs or uh Nash. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay. a whole new world of yeah, yeah, wow, amazing. Might not just be kids. Okay. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Next time I visit Sarah, we might yeah we might be having, <laughs> That's okay. might be in the backyard swinging swinging swords at each other. While we're playing the Lego uh, summer vacation music in the background, it's yes. we're still not over that as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> but even watching the episodes, uh, Lamont, you hit on um, the life lessons that you know these kids can learn from the show, and I think that's like the greatest part of shows for these audiences is that they're um, you know teaching them important lessons. And for me, as I was watching the episodes, they're so clearly and deftly demonstrated by our characters. Um, you know, what sort of lessons are most important for you to? consider when you were crafting the show and, and, uh, in what ways does the world of star Wars kind of allow you to tell these stories or in these lessons differently than other projects or, uh, shows for this age? We start with the lessons, right? So we, we, we decide like today's episode is about, um, it's okay to fail. Um, it's okay to make a mistake if you learn from it. And this is very vague um and uh but you build the episode around the lesson of sharing or understanding or differences and because of this world you get to build it out uh, and go through it on a different planet they 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 go to different galaxies they see different creatures it's use the star wars uh world to teach these lessons and it's very uh I don't know. It, it's it's the coolest thing ever. I like. I, I can't even explain uh, depthly how to be able to teach these kids the the life lessons through a Star Wars lens is amazing. Um, I'll I'll add to that if that's all right. Uh, the additionally the 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 lessons that we're teaching that it's really important that they um, reflect the core values of Star Wars. The mm. the elements that that sort of have always been baked in there from, from the beginning. And, you know, th- themes like, you know, teamwork uh, and selflessness, uh, self-discipline, um, tenacity and hope, things like that. So, so we certainly start with those values and make sure that those are, are baked into the show. Um, but then as you, as you mentioned, um, Sarah, that uh, you get to see these modeled through the kids' behavior. And that to me is even more important than somebody just sort of recapping at the end of the episode what the lesson was, is that we get to see these characters model those those values. And that to me is so, so important as a dad because you know kids pay more attention to what you do than what you say. Um, and then, you know, in terms of like how does Star Wars allow us to tell them differently? Uh uh, both, you know, we're trying to make sure that these stories have lots of action. And uh, one of the things that Star Wars has done has been able to convey these themes in, in all of the movies and the TV shows in a way that doesn't feel didactic. And that was both the responsibility that we had on our show to make sure, yes, we're going to convey these values. This is a show for little kids, but we wanted it to be organic and to feel exciting so that when kids watch these shows, they're getting these values and maybe not even necessarily realizing it at first. Um, so, uh, but then of course we get Yoda who gets to like, just say the thing yeah. <laughs> occasionally, right. that, that, you know, how cool is that? <laughs> well, that's so. the thing is that they're learning. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, the, the fact that they are learning to be a Jedi, there are lessons, 
Um, mm-hmm. And you get to hear those. But the truth is, none of those lessons work unless they feel honest to their character. They can't, it, you know, the storytelling can't just be, here's the lesson of the week. It has to be something truthful from each of these characters at this age. Mm-hmm. I have to say one thing that's great about this project that there's so many new Star Wars characters, not even just like Nubs and the and and Kai and the main crew, but all the supporting characters that we meet every episode. I was like, oh my gosh, that person's voicing this character. I love this character now, you know. And um, not only new characters, but creatures. And creatures are so ingrained in the Star Wars' DNA. And it's like, you know, besides the obvious appeal of a creature to a younger audience, you know, you put the creature on the screen and the kid goes wild. What inspired you um, to make creatures and wildlife such an important part of the show? And like, what did you want to convey about the characters through how they interact with their surrounding world and people that they meet along the way from all walks of life? Uh, Well, my my daughter uh, is a huge, huge dinosaur fan. Uh, we, I, I, we've watched, I don't know if you know the show Dino Dana, uh, but we, we have watched that show a million times and she can recite the most obscure dinosaur facts. And so (laughs) it's so, it's so fun. And now my, my middle son has sort of fallen in her footsteps. And so seeing how she responded to these, you know, fantastical creatures, uh, we know that they're, they're real, but you know, they don't exist now. Um. It just felt like, you know, it felt like a gift knowing that creatures are such a part of Star Wars. And so um, I was definitely inspired by her love of dinosaurs in, in particular. Uh, and I think we'll see quite a few uh, dinosaur-like creatures in our show. And that's my that's my wink and nod to my daughter, for sure. It's part of it. I mean, the beautiful thing about the show is like so many of these... So many of these shows all ultimately are are sort of location restricted or, or mm. asset restricted, and of course, any animation is. You have to be smart about how you're you're reusing assets, how you're designing assets, how they're scalable. But I think we all held hands from the start and said that part of the magic of Star Wars is going like the expansiveness of the galaxy, of the places, the new biomes that induce wonder the new creatures that can show up, um, you know, and, and be something unexpected, but also incredibly relatable, you know, and that's kind of the, the other magic is like all, all Star Wars creatures and aliens, like there's a little something that's like so ugly, they're cute. There's a little something muppety at the <laughs> core, um, and that's a Jim Henson route, and like being able to showcase that was important. And then also to be sure to populate it with droids. Um, you know, droids are another one of the unique propositions of Star Wars. They're not like robots in any other, you know, fictional setting. Like, there's something unique about Star Wars droids that have a personality mm-hmm. and, and, and resonate differently. So we, I, we all held hands and realized that, you know, we need to be smart about how we do this, but it's not Star Wars unless we showcase all the potentialities, um, space monsters, the, the new new biomes, the new planets, all the things that make Star Wars the awesome experience it is. And for mm-hmm. the as far as the kids go, with um, with the creatures in the world and like all these different places, it's cool because it's showing the younger kids adaptability. And mm-hmm. then you you may not 
you shouldn't judge a book by its cover because this thing that could be big and scary might be really cute and cuddly. And like, that's right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I got to say, a big fan of the Wellgrins and the Scriffles. Yes. Those are my personal <laughs> favorites Aww. from the show. So, yeah. The Wellgrins are my, and they're pretty fun. They're fun. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see more of them for sure. <laughs> yeah. They're wonderful. So, you know, we're kind of touching on it here, just kind of the expansiveness of Star Wars and also thinking about my favorite creatures and droids as I was growing up. Um, because considering your personal experience as Star Wars fans, is there anything that you were like particularly excited to include uh, in the show or explore in the show in a way you were like, I can only do this because it's Star Wars? Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. So there's a moment in the, the the end of episode two where where Yoda gives Kai the that lightsaber. To have Yoda give Kai the lightsaber, it's like he's the every kid, and it's like that's all our fantasy, the dream of like Yoda handing me a lightsaber that was his and saying, "You will be a a great Jedi, you, you, like one day, Kai Brightstar." Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm never gonna get past that that moment. It's just the the giving of. It's like the passing of the torch into like the inclusion of, like the Jedi world. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. that moment is very special to me. Yeah, that moment is is one of the main reasons I was excited to make this show, and uh, um, definitely that on a just a fun fan silly thing honestly just getting to write the words like kai has a lightsaber battle you know (laughs) and and knowing that it's gonna happen on screen (laughs) like it is it is such a uh uh, a gift and a head trip i i love it so as a fan those those moments of getting to play with the jedi lore or the jedi elements um you know we've got uh, in episode Episode two or the third story, or maybe it's the fourth story, um, when they go into that that secret room that's in the library and now there's all these different cool artifacts, getting to like just have these little nods toward potential other elements of Star Wars and other potential stories that we may or may not explore, um, you know, really fun. So oh, there's, the, there's a lot to play with. There's yeah. one more thing that I, just when they use the force together and then the music kicks up. Yeah. Like it, it's our show, and it still gets me every time. <laughs> yeah, the force theme, and yeah, the conversation we definitely had is: is there a unique force signature to the show? And I think we all felt there's that evokes the force, and 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 nothing else will, will do it in the same way. Um, uh, I love that we have a space slug in this thing. <laughs> I was hoping someone would say it. That was, that was a great one. <laughs> and it feels organic and it feels honest and it's part of, you know, lesson of the, the story. So you, you can't beat that. And it's pretty cool as a high Republic. It, it's pretty cool. This is just sort of like selfish, but it's pretty cool from seeing, talking to Doug Chang one day and he sent me a design that they didn't use early on. Uh, for the prequel trilogy and seeing how wow we could ex- we could evolve this to become what is the vector and now seeing it uh in 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 animation as well it's pretty cool oh the three kids on the speeder mm-hmm. 
that's that's pretty cool. We could probably go on and on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll there's a lot of time, a lot just of a list, moments. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have, but we thank you guys so much for your work on the series, and I'm sure so many Star Wars fans are just gonna love it next week for May the Fourth. So, um, and May the Fourth be with all of you as well. Oh, so, thank you, oh. and also with you <laughs> uh, for light and life. <laughs> yes. for light and life. Yes, thank you. First question is, how does it feel now that Young Jedi Adventures is uh, going to be out this week for, for Star Wars fans on May the 4th? Are you guys excited? I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. Got a whole plan. I'm about to give popcorn. Yeah. And all my friends about to watch it. <laughs> about to have a whole little at-home premiere. <laughs> I awesome. mean, mine's the same with Jamal. Uh, I'm exhilarated, counting down the the minutes, the seconds, the milliseconds, and I'm just going to watch it with friends and family, so I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I would really love to know, you know, we're enjoying the premiere this week, but how did you first uh, know about Star Wars? Did somebody in your life introduce you to Star Wars? What's your what's your history with the with the movies and the shows? Um, well, when I was younger, you know, like when we were kids, we don't like to go to sleep. So we like sneak on every device we can to watch something, mm-hmm. anything else and play a game. So I would watch like different movies or TV shows and I decided to watch Star Wars. And at first I was like super scared of like all the creatures and stuff. And then as I got older, like now around this age, I like rewatched it and I was like, it's not even that scary. I, it was like, I was confused on what I was scared of. <laughs> and now it's, I was kind of like, hey, if you put me in a room with this character and you say we got to fight, I'd probably win and I'm going to take him down. And then that's quite possible. <laughs> I mean, my dad, when he was a kid, saw four, five, and six in theaters. So he's just been a, a lifelong Star Wars fan. First movie he took me to see was um, The Phantom Menace, like a rerun of it in theaters. So, I mean, me and him are just like best buds, huge Star Wars fans. So when he heard about it, he was like over the moon, exhilarated about it. So, I mean, we just love Star Wars. Yeah, I, I will say that my dad introduced me. Uh, so I definitely understand that, Trey. And Jamal, my brother was also so scared when he watched the <laughs> original one of Darth Vader. And then he growing up had a full room of Star Wars and had all the Legos and stuff. So, so like, I know that story pretty well because that was my brother too. Yeah, Phantom Menace like- was also, Phantom Menace was also my first movie, Star Wars movie in the theaters yeah. as well. So I, I relate to that, Trey. I'm, I'm a big, we're big uh, prequels fans here. So yes. we get it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you both first joined Young Jedi Adventures, like what was your reaction knowing that, uh, for you, Jamal, you get to play a, a Jedi Padawan, and then Trey, you get to play the the sort of quote unquote villain or bad guy of the show, almost almost Darth Vader like in a way with the mask and everything. I mean, I was my jaw dropped. I was in shock because I had been watching these movies as a kid, I, growing up with this loving Darth Vader and Darth Maul, and of course, you know Darth Vader when he was Anakin. I just ah, it was. I was in shock. I was like, this is awesome. I can't wait to record this and find out more about my character. And I can't wait to watch it when it's all finished. So, I mean, that was my initial reaction. Yeah. Um, 
I, I was actually really excited. I was like, yeah. And so I went to every single store and I like collected every Star Wars thing. And I, cause I already had like a miniature Star Wars collection. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grow this even bigger. And so I got like a bunch of lightsabers, um, droids and all like figures and Funko Pops and Legos of it and everything. It was, it was really fun doing that. And I was just more excited than anything to start doing this project. Yeah. So you just mentioned toys and, and uh, going into the store, what was it like, like seeing your characters for the first time in the animation? And also what is it like to know that there are toys for the show and for your characters that uh, fans will be able to go out uh, to, you know, Target or whatever store they have and pick up and then have, you know, these awesome characters to have with them in their Star Wars collections? Um, well, first time I saw my character, I was like really hyped up and like, I was like, hold on, that hair is modeled right after mine. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then for the toys, I had this whole planned out and everything. So any birthday or anything we have, we're about to send over some high bright star toys to anyone who got a birthday. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. <laughs> Trey, what about you? I mean, when I saw it, because this whole time, you know, when you're recording and doing the show, it's kind of your voice in your own head. Mm -hmm. You're kind of just, you're that character, you envision how it's like, but you don't really see it. But when I saw it, I was like, this is incredible. The animation's incredible. The voice syncs so well with the character. It's it was it was awesome. And for the the toys, man, I'm gonna pose all of them on my dresser. Just get a whole collection of them and pose them in all different action poses. And I, it's awesome. I think it'll be really cool. Guilty. I might have to get the Nubs plushie doll thing. It's so yes, Nubs is Nubs. amazing, right? Can we yes. all agree on Nubs? Yes. Uh, I speaking of which, are you all obsessed? as obsessed with nubs as we are because like star wars fans are going nuts over <laughs> nubs <laughs> he's the cutest thing ever he's like a little ah, i just want to hug him so bad he's he's awesome i mean yeah. and Michelle, that's my best friend right there <laughs> true yeah and um i'm actually really it's actually really cool because it's a whole new species in star wars mm -hmm. everything too and i just admire how strong he is to be like just a tiny little tiny little guy and just have just to be really strong <laughs> <laughs> love it love it and uh, speaking of voice acting and what do you each love the most about voice acting and bringing characters to life in animation and was there anything that when you were recording these characters specifically that helped you get ready and get into character and get excited for star Wars, like when you're in the booth, ready to do your thing. I mean, just knowing that I was going in the booth to record a star Wars film, which just in general, just knowing I was going in the studio to work, just got me excited. And I was, it's just a fun process to make the show in general. And just knowing that it's, we were going to work with Star Wars and make a new show just made it all the better. At least for me, getting ready for it, I like to just, I like to analyze the script. 
uh, a few times, but you don't want to overanalyze it because if you look at it too much, it can sound staged and sound fake and you want to give the most authentic voice acting performance. So definitely voice acting is really fun, but it's, you're almost talking to yourself in a way because mm. there's the actors aren't next to you. So that is something that is different when you're voice acting, but I just find it really helps me to just listen to a few takes, maybe from a previous recording, get back into that mindset, not overanalyze it and just be the character. I definitely tend to overanalyze things. So that's good advice. Yeah. I once had a, I once had a friend <laughs> quite recently told me you read lists like you're reading a book. And I said, how dare you? <laughs> so what that thing is maybe not for me in this one, but you guys are both really excellent at it. Um, we were talking about nubs and, uh, we were talking, uh, Brad and I were both talking about how awesome the creatures are in this show. Um, the animation is so vibrant and bright, uh, and we get to meet a lot of fun creatures along the way. Do you have a favorite creature that your characters get to encounter or just that you ended up, you know, watching an episode from the show and loving? Well, I mean, it has to be the classic try, uh, tried and true. I think that's the phrase. Pooba. I mean, Nubs, he's just, <laughs> he's the best. I mean, I get to, you know, fight against him because he's my adversary, in my view, but he's just, he's cute, <laughs> strong, and he's a Jedi above all. So he's probably my favorite creature in the show. I would also say Pooba and another character or not character creature I like is the Gangle. I like, mm. um, like to everyone, especially younger Jedi or pirates or any younger character, they kind of like the the gangle more intimidating and like a sign of fear. Like if you see, mm. you kind of get scared. And I just find that really cool. And I just think it's cool how Kai can go out and like even though he's scared, he's gonna hide the fact that he's scared and try to help his friends when he when they need it. Yes, and the way that Liss helps your character as well, it helps Kai, uh, is wonderful with the creatures, getting to know the creatures <laughs> beyond how they might appear on the surface. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree, the the gangle is great. It's a great one. Uh, I like the Wellagrin, I think it's called. That's a, one of my favorites. Uh, this is sort of a fun question as well. If you were to both hang out with your Star Wars character for a day, what would that day look like? What sort of plans would you make? So Jamal, for you, you get to hang out with Kai Brightstar for a day. <laughs> Trey, you get to go, you go, you get to hang out with uh, Tabor for the whole day. What's, what's that look like? I, I'd have him teach me how to use his electro staff. I think I, I, that's such a cool weapon. Mm. I'd love to use it. And of course, you know, with being the main antagonist, um, gotta do a bit of pirating. You just gotta, gotta pirate a little bit. <laughs> Um, I think I would definitely go to Galaxy's Edge with him and make, make some lightsabers and then go out and have him teach me how to use a lightsaber. I think that'd be very cool. Pirating, lightsaber training. These are both <laughs> excellent plans. I love it. I love it. <laughs> both of these characters, you know, have a lot of uh, great qualities. I'm yes, Tabor is a bit of an antagonist, but there are times when he comes around or he learns a lesson. Uh, what do you like most or admire most uh, about your character? <sighs> Tabor, he's, I admire 
first off, he's very complex. I'll say that. I admire, even though what I think, of course, he's doing is wrong because he's the antagonist. His strive to never give up. Because mm. even though what he's doing may not be right, he wants to prove that he can do something, that he's he's it. So he'll never give up till he reaches that goal of um proving himself, I guess. So I guess I that's the one thing I admire about him. Um I would say something I admire about my character is that he's well. Um, he's, I, I just like the way he goes into every situation he's given with like the best mindset ever, his best foot forward, always looking for the best in everybody. And I think it's just the best. <laughs> he's pretty great. I think a lot of, uh, young viewers, to the show and viewers of all ages, including, you know, Brad and I like really walked away watching these episodes with a lot of things that we learned from these characters. And I think that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. And uh, our last question here for both of you is uh, I think every, every creator or a creative that we talked to in star Wars goes into it, getting to do something in the galaxy and then come out of it more excited than ever. So for you, like how has working on this show changed the way that you see star Wars um, and kind of a second part of that question High Republic related, does it get you any more excited for the High Republic? And you think you might read those books if you haven't already? I definitely will say, I don't think it's changed the way I viewed Star Wars. I think it's reinforced the way mm. I've already viewed Star Wars. And for me, that's character development, character arcs. The characters themselves, I feel, is what makes Star Wars great. And I just feel like it's reinforced what i've already thought about that and as for the high republic books i'm so hyped and i'm gonna get them as soon as possible i agree completely with what trey said um i was just add on i will like he said it doesn't really change my view i it just just improves and it just adds on to what i already like about star wars and like the storytelling the action the character development and everything. And I've been looking so hard. I can't find a High Republic book anywhere. It's like they're sold out everywhere. <laughs> I will give you one from my shelf. That's not a joke. <laughs> I, I honestly think that you guys would both love a Race to Crash Point Tower. It's one of my absolute favorites. And it, um, it really has the uh, fun uh, energy that Young Jedi Adventures has. And it also has one of my favorite lessons in the entire High Republic in it. So that's my recommendation for you. I'm writing um, it down. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know what you think after you read it. It's so good. Sure. Um, but yeah, congratulations again on uh, Young Jedi Adventures. We both enjoyed it so much and looking forward to, you know, seeing more from you guys in the future in Star Wars and beyond. Um, so yeah, congratulations. Congratulations uh, on the you. release of Young Jedi Adventures this week. It's so exciting happening on like Star Wars Day of all days. How do you how do you both feel now that it's finally going to be out in the world for for fans? So excited. I feel like I wasn't able to tell anybody when I first booked the world. I was like, ah, oh, but when it got when I, when it got like released into the public, I told all my friends and they all told me that they were going to watch it. And I'm really excited to see how this all got put together. 
Yeah, I mean, the this show is just so incredible. And I am so proud of just everybody's work on this project. I think everybody, all the creatives at Lucasfilm, all the, the directors and the producers and the animators and just everybody that worked on this project, they all just came together and made it so perfect. And I'm so happy that I get to be a part of this show. It's such an honor to be able to say that I'm a part of introducing the young generation to Star Wars. I think that's just absolutely incredible. I think you guys have both have so much to be proud of. We have both watched the episodes and they are so much fun. And you guys bring such life to your characters. So 10 out of 10 for me, honestly, (laughs) I loved it. I loved it a lot. And I think fans, young fans are going to enjoy it and fans that are our age as well, because we, we really loved it. So (laughs) but kind of of thinking back to, um, Star Wars, just as it is, when did you first know about Star Wars? Did someone in your life introduce it to you? Was this your first introduction to Star Wars? For me, um, I always knew about it because it was such like a big deal. Star Wars was so big and all my friends loved it and all my friends were talking about it. And I have two older siblings that are 10 and 11 years older than me. And they only watched it with my parents. I never actually watched the movies. But when I got the audition, I... I knew it was for Star Wars, so I did some research and I watched some shorts. And then when I actually booked it, I started going really in-depth. And it's funny because um, in school, one of my lectures is called Film Criticism, and we watch movies and that. And after I booked it, just coincidentally, we watched all the Star Wars movies in Film Criticism after I booked it, which is really cool. Sounds like the best <laughs> class ever. <laughs> <laughs> For me, um, Star Wars, I think everybody just always knows Star Wars. You know, it's such a big company. It's such a big phenomenon that has such a huge loving fan base. And I think, well, for me, my brother, I have a big brother. He's eight years older than me. And so he grew up watching the Star Wars films because that was like more of his time. You know, all those kids were like growing up watching it. And so for me, it was always playing up, playing in the house and I would come home from kindergarten and Revenge of the Sith would just be on like always the Star Wars movies would be on but I never fully got into it until I realized that I booked a job for Star Wars so then I binged every single movie. Do you guys each have a favorite of all the things that you've watched or gotten to enjoy from Star Wars? I'm a big Mandalorian fan and also Revenge of the Sith is my favorite movie not even from Star Wars but just ever it's, it's the best. I don't know. They're all like really good in their own way, but my teacher played them in the orders that they came out. So I really want to go back and rewatch them in order because I feel like that would like make more sense, even though they're so really good. It's a different experience watching it. Yeah. Four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine yeah. versus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So yeah. I recommend it for sure. Yeah. We are, we are both prequels kids because we grew up with those movies. They were the first ones that we saw in theaters. So um, it's wonderful now to see Young Jedi Adventures being like a new, uh, a new gateway for fans, uh, younger fans to jump on the Star Wars bandwagon. Um, and one movie I love, Star Wars related, is our Return of the Jedi because that has Ewoks in it. And very similar to Ewoks is Nubs. Yeah. Nubs is, a, he's not an Ewok, but he's a Hippubian. Uh, and he's adorable. We're obsessed with him. What are your... What do you guys think of Nubs? <laughs> how how exciting is it to be next to him in the cartoon? When I was watching his shorts, his voice is just, it's so weird for me to think that that's actually a person. Like, he just, he's <laughs> so good at voicing Nubs, and I, he's so cute. Yeah, Nubs is obviously a fan favorite. Nubs is just the cutest little blue thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I need a Nubs plushie to sleep with every single night. 
speaking of that, he's going to be in stores along yes. with all of the characters as toys. What was it like, like seeing your character in the animation for the first time? And then also knowing that there is going to be toys for the show that you like, like th- later this week, we can all go into like our local Target or Walmart or wherever and buy that Nubs plushie. I know for me, I didn't think Liz was going to be his purple hair, blue skin. I thought she was just going to be like a normal girl. And it was, it was so cool for me to look at it and then think like, oh, I am her. I'm the one who brought her to life. I am her voice. And that was really cool for me. And I think that she's going to be in stores is so cool because people get to actually play with me. And after watching all the shows and they could get Kai, Liz, Nubs, and Nash and they could get the toys and they can make their own adventures after everything they've watched, which I think is really cool. Oh yeah. It's so cute. I think when I first saw Nash for the first time, obviously with voiceover, one of the coolest parts about it is you don't know how the character is going to look. And then when you finally see it, it's just so perfect. And her piercing red orange hair and her, her bright green eyes, they're just so fierce and, and it just matches her personality in general. And I think that the way she's animated, it's just perfect to how she acts too. And the fact that, um, she's gonna be and all the other the younglings the jedis they're gonna be babe plushies and action figures i think that's just so cool to, to think that my voice belongs to a character that's gonna be like sitting in the shelves of target and like in kids homes i just think that's so cool yeah it's so cool to think that there are young star wars fans who are gonna know Liss and Nash possibly before they know Princess Leia and Luke and Han, right? Like it's so cool that, and then they get to take them home and make their own adventures. Like you said, that is, that is so, so cool. We're the introduction to their Star Wars band. Exactly. So awesome. And, and speaking of both of your characters, what are your favorite parts about each of your characters personality wise? Cause Nash and Liss are so different in their own ways. And, and um, I think they have a lot to say and teach throughout the series. For Liss, she's so kind and she always cares for others and she's always willing to help people and creatures and she loves creatures. And I think that's so cool because she's everybody loves creatures, but Liss, she, there's just something about her. She likes specializing in creatures and she knows everything about everyone. And sometimes on their adventures, they run into new creatures and sometimes they can look really scary and then everybody would just be really scared and run away, but they don't actually know where the creature comes from or what it needs. But Liz comes in with her prior knowledge and educates everyone about it. So people just don't judge a book by its cover and actually educate people. And I think that's such an advantage for the people in the show and for the people watching the show too. Well, I think my favorite trait that Nash has is her confidence. She is so confident because she is the best pilot in the outer rim and she knows that she keeps that in her soul. And it's, I love it. It's so admirable how she knows how good she is. And so every time she flies, every time she dodges asteroids, she always performs to the best of her ability because that's simply what she knows she can do. And that's just what she expects from herself. And I think that her confidence is a very, very valuable and admirable trait of hers. I was watching some episodes earlier today and uh, to to refresh and prepare for this interview. And I was like, man, Nash is so cool. She's so confident. I want to be like her. Yeah. So I'm right there with you on Thanks. that. And, and with 
with the, the, the kindness and the understanding that uh, Liz has, uh, Juliet, you totally hit on that as well. And I think that that uh, is such an important lesson that all the characters are teaching and, and learning among themselves in the show. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love both of these characters a lot. Um, but you just mentioned, we're talking about creatures. We love nubs, but do you have a favorite creature? It can include nubs, of course, um, from the show, uh, because we get to meet so many new creatures in the show. If I had to choose something besides nubs, I don't know, they're all so cute, but a pet to have in my house, I would probably say it's a kitten because I was watching the shorts and it, there just seemed like a connection between Liz and the kitten and with the short when it got escaped and it was just so cute because to have my house, I have so much energy and the Tuka kitten has so much energy, so it would just match your energy. It could run around with me, but it could also be super loving. Like when I find it at the end, it just cuddles into my arms and that would just be so cool. And I have, I have two dogs, a hamster and a fish and my dog, one of my dogs, he, well, I love both of my dogs, obviously. One of my dogs, he's so energetic, but at the end of the day, he can always just come into my lap when I'm sitting in the bee bag and cuddle with me. And I think that's so cute. I would have to say that my favorite creature from the show, even though they're all so cute and so lovable, would have to be Yoda. He makes a, an appearance back in our show, and I think it's so cool to think that a character that I'm voicing is just talking to Yoda. Like, that's just the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And it, he um, acts as this um, conscience for the kids, and he's this wise, wise mentor for them, and he teaches them so many lessons. And I think that not only is he just so adorable, but he's also such a cool mentor for the kids. So that's why he's my favorite. He was one of my favorite kids or my favorite characters growing up. I was like, he's so yeah. cool. He's going to teach me so many things. I, I get it. <laughs> yes, definitely. And uh, Julia, I don't know if you've been to Galaxy's Edge yet at the Disney parks, but if you go to Batu, they have a, they have a Tuka cat, like a live one. And, uh, and, uh, it's like in a case or a cage or something. And it's just, it's just taking a nap napping, just sleeping. It's yeah, it's, it's there. Cute. It's really cute. Yeah. That's so you, so you gotta, cool. now, <laughs> now you gotta go out there at some point. So, <laughs> uh, so speaking of, uh, I guess making plans, maybe going to Batu one day, if you were to both hang out with your characters, uh, for an entire day, so Juliet with, uh, with uh, Liz and Emma with Nash, what would your day look like? What do you get to do with your characters? What kind of fun things are you doing? For me, since she's so like agile and so good at acro and gymnastics, first thing I would do is probably take her to like a jungle gym or a trampoline park. And I'm a dancer too. So we could teach each other some of our moves and stuff and battle with a lightsaber for, for fun, not to actually fight. And then after that, we can go to a zoo because she's such a creature lover and she can give me some information about some creatures and tell me about some new ones and stuff. And then if we're getting hungry, go to a restaurant and hear about Lissa's favorite foods. I love that day. Sounds, <laughs> sounds so great. <laughs> if I could meet Nash and we could hang out for a day, I would want her for sure to take me on her Crimson Firehawk, the ship that she built herself in takes the Jedi on all their, her adventures with, I would want to join them on one of their adventures and watch her dodge the asteroids and be this incredible, insanely good pilot, the best one in the outer rim. Like you have to sit in her ship and watch her do her magic. So I would definitely want to go on one of the adventures with them and see her work in person. 
these sound like excellent days. Sign yes. me up. I would also like to tag <laughs> along if that's okay. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, so like Juliet, you mentioned you're also a dancer. So you're doing lots of different things in arts and performance and these sorts of things. What do you enjoy most about voice acting and uh, bringing the characters to life in an animation? And is there anything that you do specifically to get ready to voice your character, to get into character um, for this show? For me, voiceover, there's just something about it that's so cool. I do live action too, and I do sports and stuff. But voiceover, it's just so cool because I always get to read the script, and I think, how am I going to do it? How am I going to bring the character to life? And it's so cool to think about, to picture the scene in your head and think about your character and how you're literally making a person and creating this person. And it's really cool to picture in your head, and then when it comes out, you can see if you were really close on picturing it in your head or if it was really different. And I think that's really cool. But also, to prepare um, for this, for the young guy, I I don't do too much to prepare because I, I don't change my voice or anything. She I just do my own voice, but I do read over the scripts um ahead of time to get an understanding of the script and know what's happening and know what my character do, is doing at what time so I can be a little more prepared. And then in the car on the way there, I always warm up my voice because sometimes it sounds different in the first what is it called, um, episode to the second episode because mm-hmm. the voice isn't warmed up, so I do that. But in other series, sometimes I change my voice a little bit, so I will kind of get prepared for that, but for this one, I don't do. For me, the way that I prepare for it is, well, really, I just come home straight from school and then I have like 15 minutes before I have to go into my session because I record from home. And so really when I'm highlighting my lines the night before when I get the script, I just think about how how I can, what ideas I can bring to the table to make sure that I'm really well prepared for my session. And what's super fun about voicing Nash, what makes it actually so easy for me is that I relate to her so much. And so whenever I get the scripts, I think, how would Emma, how would I do this if I was in Nash's position? And that makes it so fun. And I don't change my voice at all either. I just, after a long day at school, I I have a cup of coffee inside of the studio and some tea to warm my voice. And then I just get right into it. And it's always the highlight of my week. I love it so much. Voice like acting is both pretty busy then <laughs> coming home, <laughs> home from school, going to the booth. Yeah. Voice acting is awesome. So props to both of you for doing it and doing it so well, because uh, you really made these characters uh, shine. And I think a lot of fans are going to end up loving them. So um, thank you for your performances. So when Sarah and I were your age, we read a ton of books and we still do. We love the High Republic so, so much. How much does it excite you both to know that there are all these books out there within the High Republic, some of which also connect to Young Jedi Adventures? It's just cool how now there's like a series like linked to the same time period, which I think is really cool because it's always cool to have like a book matching with a series because you could read a book and then picture it in your head and then see if it was kind of similar and stuff. And I think that's really cool that there's now a series to match that. It is super cool. I think once I have more time when school ends, I'm going to buy all of them and I'm going to read all of them during the summer. Uh, Good news is that they're all good. And for you guys, I would recommend A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland. I think that the book really captures um, the... uh, like the daringness that your characters both have and like have a lot of courage and uh, gain confidence over the book. And I think that 
you might relate to your characters and, and into that story. I really I'll like these books. Definitely be reading that one. Has working on the show kind of, I know you guys kind of both got into Star Wars or dove into it more uh, after you kind of got the call that you were going to be in Star Wars, but has now recording the set, uh, your lines for the show and maybe seeing some of the episodes or some of the shorts changed the way that you see Star Wars at all? Yes, for sure. I feel like it's changed the way how I feel about Star Wars because I'm definitely more involved now mm-hmm. and I'm sort of like obviously like watching more and looking at it more. And I think it's just so awesome. Like whenever I'm watching, I'm like, I'm part of this now. And it's just really cool to think about that. It is for sure. I mean, yeah, I only really fully got into Star Wars after I booked it. And so now I obviously have a fully different view on Star Wars, especially knowing I don't think I'll ever fully grasp the fact that I'm part of the Star Wars galaxy and that my voice belongs in the universe. I just, I don't think I'll ever be able to understand that and wrap my mind around that. So this has totally not only changed my view on Star Wars, but just changed my life too. <laughs> all all good things, all good things. And you guys, again, I said this at the top of our interview and I do mean it. You have so much to be proud of at this show. And yeah, I think that fans are going to just love it. It's so it's so easy to fall in love with is what I found. So um, I think that May the 4th, is this is going to be a good May 4th. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening to our interviews with executive producer James Waugh, executive producer and showrunner Michael Olson, and consulting producer Lamont Gee in that first segment, then with Jamal Avery Jr. and Trey Murphy in that second one, and finally, but last but certainly not least, Juliet Donenfield and Emma Berman in the third segment. I hope you understand the uh, level of excitement and joy that they each brought. Um, and that we were both feeling that as well in the part or in our conversations with them. Yeah, no, a huge thank you to everybody for their time and, uh, to Lucasfilm as well for including us as part of this opportunity. Again, it was just a really fun experience and I was happy to give this show more attention because it deserves it. And I am just so happy that's out in the world on May the 4th. Like this is such a good day to just watch this and binge the series through. And I think you will not regret doing so it is just it's just so much fun it is sincerely so much fun but that is all for us today thank you all so much for listening uh we have a ton of other things coming in the weeks ahead as well as some other programming here on may the 4th so enjoy all of that and if you want to hear more from us in the future you can follow us on our socials twitter instagram youtube you name it and follow us on our podcast feeds of your choosing and leave us a review if you'd be so kind so other folks find the show and maybe they discover young Jedi adventures as well when they're brought to this podcast. Yes. And, and we're also so grateful for all of our patrons who help make the show happen on thanks for their, uh, you know, donations via Patreon. They are Ben, Brian, Cheryl, Clay, Deborah, Dylan, D sizzle, Emma, Huang, Jennifer, Katie, Knights of Ren, Leanne, Levi, Lucy, Lindsay, Matthew, Rob, Saber Bouquet, Santa, Skytalker, Steven, Tom and Travis, thank you all very much for your support. And thank you, of course, as always, to anybody who's taken the time out of their day to listen to this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed our interviews. And I really hope that you tune into Young Jedi Adventures because I promise you it will make your day brighter. Definitely. So thank you all once again. And until next time, may the force be with you always. Bye. Bye.